What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Art Pays Me today. Um, you know, I have a question for myself, I guess. So what does a mom do when she wants things done right? <laughs> she does them herself. Uh, so today we have Rebecca Higgs, uh, DIY mom. So Rebecca Higgs, um, there's we have a little bit of a connection, actually. Okay, cool. So <laughs> Tell me about well, it. Your brother actually helped uh, me get my house. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That is a good connection. He was a real estate agent that uh, worked with uh, the builder on my house. So, Um. Well, he helped (laughs) my house too. (laughs) Yeah, so it was funny seeing him pop up in the show. Uh, So what exactly do you do? Well, it's funny how you introduced me by saying, you know, what do, what does a mom do when she wants things done right? She does it herself. Um, you know, I guess I've been hustling and doing things myself for my whole life, uh, but it just happened to translate into home renovations and home interior decor and um sort of transforming spaces. So DIY Mom is a TV show where I um, do renovations on a single mom budget, or I guess whatever I can scrape together in order to get things done. And we film the whole process. So the recent season of my show, I'm actually on season four, it's hard to believe. Um, I bought this bungalow that I'm sitting in right now uh, as we speak and renovated into a open concept, mid-century modern colorful home very cool very cool and you're currently based in Halifax yes I'm in Halifax Nova Scotia born and raised (laughs) yeah so um it's it's actually interesting to see these kind of shows done like in Halifax because you don't usually see that um so that, that that's been a cool cool touch kind of seeing like things that I recognize and stuff like that um but I have another question. How have you been coping through the pandemic with uh, everything you do? Well, you know, I'm kind of lucky in a way because the three things that I focus on with my um, creative business are uh, home renovations, TV, and social media. So um, those are the three things that actually seem to go through quite a boom during the pandemic, you know, Um everybody's watching TV, everybody's renovating houses and everybody's scrolling on their phone all day long, every day. So, um, I'm fairly fortunate that I'm in the industry that I am in. It worked out well for me. Um, of course, with renovating, things became a lot more expensive. It was a lot harder to get materials. There's always delays. And so, you know, we weren't short of drama and, um, hurdles to get over in order to get this renovation done. Um, but uh, overall, I think um, the pandemic has not been too uh, hard on me. 
in some ways it gave me a chance to take a breath. Like when things first shut down yeah. last March, I remember feeling like this is the first time in a long time that I've actually had to slow down and stop and take a breath and do nothing. And the only thing that gave me peace about it was knowing that everybody else was in the same boat as me. Nobody else could go out and hustle and make things happen. Um, so it actually allowed me to, for the first time in a long time, just, just chill. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, you know it's been up and down like I was kind of like similar I was happy to have the slow down um effect a bit uh like not having to commute to work and all that kind of stuff was nice uh but then um I just hit I hit a wall a little bit and you know it's just mentally I, I was having a hard time coping like I was lucky that I was able to work from home. So I kind of had a little bit of a boom in that sense too, but like just the, the idea of um, just social unrest that was happening. So like everything was starting to just weigh on me. So I feel like I'm feeling a little better now and, and getting back in the groove of things, but yeah. Yeah. There, there has been a lot of heaviness and I think, um, mental health has been a big issue with a lot of people during this pandemic. Like it's shone a light on loneliness and isolation and how much we need community as humans. You know, I always tell my seven-year-old or, well, she's now eight-year-old daughter <laughs> that we're made for connection. We're not meant to be alone. And when you talk to me, like you're trying to push me away, you're, you know, you're putting yourself making yourself feel more isolated and alone and what you need to be doing is drawing people into you. And so, you know, it's a basic way to talk to a child about how we treat one another. But, um, uh, you know, these lessons are things like as a mom, when you're parenting and I experience like trying to teach my daughter, these kind of, um, life strategies and life lessons that it gives me a chance also to reflect on what am I doing for other people? How am I drawing people in? How am I creating connection? And, and, and what am I doing to, um, you know, help social justice and, and the world become a better place? Because for me, you know, I do home renovations. I do interior design. I'm on social media and stuff, but, really big picture. I want to make the world a better place and I want to have a purpose-driven career. So finding the purpose in what I do outside of just making beautiful homes has been something that I've really been able to expand my vision on over the course of the last year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and develop passions for areas maybe that um, I wasn't aware of or, or didn't really consider before but now through what what we've experienced what I've gone through now those things are important to me to to uh to to you know get my voice in and and make things make things better for other people yeah um it's it's uh it's it's hard it's it's hard to kind of like take that step back and look and and see you know, see the way, like for me as a man, like, like all the ways that I, I contributed to the patriarchy and in, in subtle and overt ways. So it's uh, actually, and I find that interesting, like in the, sort of the themes in your show, you kind of like smash a lot of that, 
stuff but uh, something you you mentioned too with your kid like do you find your kid is like more okay with the isolation because I, f- I have a 13 year old who seems to be very into just being alone in her room right now and I'm like trying to get her to like come get out more and and reach yeah. out to her well my daughter is an only child and that makes it difficult because when we weren't allowed to see anybody else and we had to remain in our own home. Um, you know, she's quite social. So that was really hard for her to understand. She's lonely. She wants to see her friends. Um, so a lot of the times it was just her and me. And, um, and so that was not easy for her. Uh, you know, screen time has definitely gone up and it's an addiction for everybody. And especially for young minds that haven't fully developed and you know the frontal cortexes are firing off like oh instant gratification instant reward scrolling through tiktok like i didn't even know my daughter was watching stuff on tiktok and then i found out through songs that she was wanting to play or dance moves she was doing that she's watching tiktok and now i'm like oh my gosh you can't be on tiktok she's seven so um you know it might be a little bit different stage for between an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old, but I can only imagine that, that as a teenager, it's even more isolating and social media is your only connection to your friends and the outside world. But social media also opens up all this opportunity for um, being bullied or comparing yourself to other people or feeling like your life isn't good enough or not interesting enough or not, enough in general right so um yeah i can only imagine what it's like to have a 13 year old daughter during this this wave (laughs) yeah it's a little it's a little interesting it it definitely gets interesting (laughs) (laughs) so i you strike me as uh the type of person that has a lot of things moving at once what does diy mom do for fun Oh, um, not a question I was expecting. <laughs> I definitely skew on the workaholic side of things. I mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff I do for fun is also what I do for work. Even when I was a musician before I got into home renovations, you know, the line between work and fun was blurred. And, um, you know, now with not being able to be with friends because I suppose like what my pastimes would be or my hobbies would be, would be hosting and cooking for friends and having people over. And that's why I wanted to create a space like this, like the one that I'm sitting in right now where it's very functional for hospitality and hosting people. I grew up in a family that always had other people over. We either had students living with us or my parents were bringing people over after church or, you know, every Thursday night, my parents hosted a massive college and career event at their house. There was like, at one point there was 130 um, university students that came over every Thursday. So I've grown up in a chaotic, busy household that was full of hospitality. So hospitality is definitely one of my hobbies, um, which I guess is impacted during the pandemic Um, and, you know, decorating and making spaces beautiful and doing crafts and painting and singing and making music. All of those things um, have our hobbies that I do, but in some ways I've made those hobbies my career. So, you know, I guess for fun, 
maybe it would be walking my dog, listening to podcasts, going for a hike, going swimming, taking my daughter to swim. She loves swimming. Um, and, uh, and also like just, just do chilling out, like in a sauna or in a, in a cold plunge or doing something that I feel like is a healthy, um, rejuvenating type of downtime. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, (laughs) your parents, so your, you said your mom was the original DIY mom and, uh, (laughs) your dad seems like he knows some stuff too. Did you pick up some skills from them? Yeah. So when I was a kid, actually, my parents, flipped houses before it was trendy. Uh, so we were always moving every couple of years and looking for the next fixer upper. And, and so my parents did a lot of that stuff themselves. I remember, you know, it was the eighties and my mom was, um, sponge painting and toll painting everything. And every, you know, hallway had a chair rail and she would do her own little paint to create wallpaper. And I had a bedroom that was entirely pink and I had, uh, I had, pink curtains, pink bedspread, pink canopy over my bed, pink um, (laughs) marbled walls. All my furniture was painted. My mom painted and marbled it herself as well. So it was like super, super matching. And then with the leftover fabric that my mom had, because she made the curtains, she made the canopy, she made the bedspread, she made us dresses for church. So, you know, I think there's a picture of me in my pink puff sleeve dress that she made me for church in my entirely pink bedroom with everything marbled and, uh, and, and painted in pink. So my, yeah, my mom was definitely like the, the creative um, touch and everything. And then my dad, I wouldn't say my dad was necessarily handy by nature, but I think because of the situation that he found himself here, he's from the UK originally, you know, he married my mom, moved to Nova Scotia, um, and they started to kind of build up their equity and their, their business, like one house at a time. And, um, so I think he just kind of learned things. Like I remember before we moved out of our, uh, my parents sold their place that was um, downtown. My dad was up on the side of the house and he repointed all of the brick on the house himself wow. over the summer. He would do once he did one side each season or something like that. And he did it all himself. Cause he couldn't, he couldn't bear to pay somebody to come and do that for him. So he had to do it himself. So um, I definitely, get the gumption and the nerve to just try things out and go for it from watching my parents and learning from them. So they've definitely had an impact on, on that for sure. I remember as a kid, my dad would drop us off at school mm-hmm. and he would always say to us, make it happen. That was the family mantra, make it happen. And that uh, saying kind of stuck with me throughout my life because I realized that um, nobody is going to make my dreams happen for me. I have to really make them happen myself. And I've told that to many of my artist friends that are artists and to your listeners that are artists that want to know how to make a career out of being an artist. I tell them nobody cares about your career as much as you care about it. If you want something, if you have a vision, if you have a goal, you can't expect for somebody else to come around and say, here you go. Like give it to you on a silver platter. You actually have to make it happen yourself. And 
that's everything I've done in my life from being a musician to now being a producer for a TV show has been because I, somebody said to me, no, you can't. And I said, uh, yes, I can watch me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about the musician days. So, uh, well, like, so like I was saying, I grew up in a creative family and I played a lot of instruments growing up. Um, and then I went to university and I actually went to university at Acadia for theater studies Ah. and I did a minor in music. Um, but I really wanted to be an actress. Like I wanted to be on the stage. I wanted to be a performer. Um, and it was like, you know, all of my experiences that I went through, I seem to be on the cusp of various things. Like now life is different and it's for people, other people who want to be an actress or, you know, it's not just about necessarily about how you look. But when I was going through university, I felt really beat down by um, the acting culture because my teachers told me I was too fat to be a leading lady and I was too thin to be a, a you know, a character actress or, or whatever. Wow. Like I didn't fit into the box of being an actress. So they just didn't see, I don't know. I wasn't feeling encouraged. I was really feeling down about it by the time I graduated. And at some point during university, I picked up a guitar and I started to write songs and I taught myself how to play the guitar. Um, Cause I grew up playing piano and violin. So the, the guitar was something pretty easy for me to pick up and I could sing at the same time and all the feelings and all of the being an artist, um, you know, I like that quote from Erica Badu that uh, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit because <laughs> everything that people say to you, you take it so personally. Every time you get criticism, it's really hard to not internalize it and get down about it. So, you know, I took all of those feelings and I started putting them into music and writing songs. And after I graduated university, I moved back to Halifax and I was just working at a coffee shop. I was delivering pizzas. I was being a dishwasher. I had a whole bunch of random jobs um, and was writing music and started to go to open mics, met a few friends through that situation. Like um, John McKeel became one of my closest friends and Colin Kroll, who we ended up doing Ruby Jean and the Thoughtful Bees together. Um, So yeah, I was like just writing songs. And eventually I met a a guy who was a producer from Toronto and I ended up going to Toronto to record my first album with him. And then I got signed to um, uh, outside music in Ontario. And I got a great agent at the agency and they started booking me gigs opening for really great bands like I opened for Jose Gonzalez and I opened for stars and I opened for Dragonette and I opened for Cindy Lauper. I played, I got to do all kinds of great fun shows and toured. And I did that for, um, I think nine, nine years. Wow. And then I, um, moved to Toronto. And after I moved to Toronto, I, I, got pregnant <laughs> and then everything changed once I had a baby. I didn't want to tour and sleep on floors and, and, you know, I wanted to have a st- stable and good life for her. Mm-hmm. So 
by the grace of God, I was able to move back to Halifax with my daughter and start fresh. And I started um, in the film industry. I had a friend that was working at Egg Films and they called me in to be a casting assistant for a day. And at the end of the day, he said, you're the best casting assistant I ever had. I'm going to pay you double. And then the owners of Egg said, what do you want to do? And I said, maybe I want to be a producer. And they said, I've got another job for you. And literally I just kept showing up every day at Egg until they told me not to, because I was like, there's a lot going on here. If I just keep showing up, they need somebody and they're just going to keep giving me work. And then within a couple of weeks, they were like, we're just going to put you on salary. And so then I started working at Egg. And that's when I started to really think about life outside of the 30 second commercial and branded content and what my brand would be and what I could do. And, and that's when I came up with the idea about DIY mom. Ah, wow. It's, you know, it seems all like planned when you look back, but like, it's all these, these, I don't know, unintentional things that just lead to one um, thing after the other. So like, I was gonna say, you're, you're like a social media master. So I, I kind of, I was like, I've, I've been trying to figure something out. So it's like, Matriarch Productions. What is that? And also, like, it's hard for me to like which which came first is it the social media stuff that where you're kind of like um offering those services things or or is it your love for like the film production thing or is it kind of all mixed together Mm -hmm. so when i started doing social media and started making video tutorial videos on youtube as diy mom um you know, YouTube was the place to go for, to make money. And Instagram was kind of fresh and new and, you know, nobody, nobody was calling people influencers. So I was doing research cause I'm, Oh, I've always been interested in marketing and um, advertising and creative branding and all those things. So I, um, I uh, was doing research and reading about the next trends in marketing. And a lot of people were talking about branded content. Like this is going to be, the new wave, it's going to be um, kind of like infiltrating brand stuff into stories, into right. longer form videos. Uh, and I re- had a friend that worked in advertising and he told me that people only care about the products and the, the content that you put out if they either feel something or if they learn something. So how can I either make people feel something like laugh, cry, smile, be frustrated, be angry, all those feelings, or how can I teach them something that they didn't know before? So that's what got me thinking about um, doing these sort of YouTube tutorials and home renovation tips and tricks. I've always loved designing and decorating. When I was in university, they called me the trailer park Martha Stewart. (laughs) And I was taking like, you know, sheets and turning them into curtains. And I was decorating for electric circus parties with with garbage bags. <laughs> so um, I uh, I took like my love for DIY hacks and small little home renovation projects, started to film them. I taught myself how to shoot and edit and cut videos together. And, um, and then I started to put those videos out. And after a while, uh, people reached out to me or I started actually reaching out to um, hardware stores and things and being like, Hey, would you give me 
the materials I need to build this thing and I'll shoot a video of, of it and I'll mention you in the video. So it kind of started like that. Um, and then I started to share some of those things that I was doing on my Instagram account and my Instagram account went from being less about baby pictures and, you know, food pictures. It was like baby pictures, food pictures, fireworks, friends. Like that was my Instagram account to more focused in on these uh, projects I was doing and, and, you know, in my house. And, um, and that's when um, things kind of started picking up. Like I was, I was doing videos and then I would reach out to friends that I knew that were working at stores or shops and, you know, ask for a trade for, for product for to create a video so it was like that for a while until um i i started to see more value in what i was doing and being able to offer uh you know other things like pictures and the tv show and pinterest and other things and then creating these packages where i could sort of sell it to the brands um to get some money as well as the as the uh, the products. Yeah, it's a great business model. Uh, I, was, I was really, really impressed by that. Uh, and I, I somewhat like with my podcast and somewhat in that vein, but like, obviously not, I'm not, I'm not a boss like you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> been, been, uh, been thinking about how to like integrate things on, on a bigger level like that. Uh, so actually, and that's the other thing. So I really thought the um, watching every season as things progress, like the level of production just goes up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And like this season seemed like you've really found your groove. And um, I really like uh, Julie, actually. <laughs> Julie's got some it, some great energy to have on, on set. Uh, yeah, I was lucky that the people that were on the show with me this year really brought a lot to it. Um, so there's a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned about the, I'll, t I'll get to Julie too. I'll talk yeah. lots about Julie. She's my favorite person in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, she's actually here right now. She's working out front on, oh. on the garden. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, so in terms of the production value, I started to figure out obviously how to leverage um, me and what we're doing to get more funding and to access grants and to work with NSBI and to, you know, negotiate with Bell. And, and then so that the way that I've developed like as a, on a business model is sort of threefold. Like I get a third of my money from Bell, a third of my money from NSBI and a third of my money from my sponsors. And then that money, I really like pour back in a hundred percent into making the TV show good production. So plus this, this year I had a great project because I was doing a huge renovation. So right there, you're content. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get the content, like, I mean, that's half the battle. Like I've got Stefan back. So he got a little experience being on camera last summer with me when we did some work together. I, I, uh, got, um, uh, the plumber to be involved and he was hilarious. And I was like, we need more John on camera. John is so good. Um, and then I met Julie and I brought Julie on board. Um, and Julie, she just was such a great um, person for me to bounce ideas off of. And she's so creative and she's able to execute my visions and, she, and we just love working together. Um, 
So there's definitely going to be lots more of Julie and like we're, we're almost like pivoting and rebranding to be more about me and Julie and not just about me and all of our work. And when I take on clients and when I do design work for clients, Julie's with me. So we work really well as a team together. Um, she has an engineering background as well. So she really knows a lot about the structural things that go into creating, um, you know, the the renovation itself. So it's just helpful to have somebody like her because I, I honestly, like, I don't know anything. I, I only know what I've learned through the years of asking questions and being present and being there. Um, but, uh, you know, Julie's working towards getting her red seal. So she's going to know everything from foundations to roofs to cool everything so having another woman that's like super knowledgeable and she's right there with me and we're on the same page and we're a team just makes the whole production so much better and you know i think you touched on the matriarch and and the the we do like uh, the show is very female centered and what we can do as women and how capable we are um but what i love about working with other women is that um women work so collaboratively together there's such an element of like oh, well, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? And like, oh, let's try this or we could figure out this or, um, oh, I don't have the tool that we need to do this. But what if we take this piece of wood and the screwdriver and now, you know, like yeah. women are so good at problem solving and coming up with solutions and working collaboratively together. The energy is just completely different. And the men that have worked with me through this season are really sensitive very in touch with their, um, with all their sides. They don't bring any toxic masculinity on set or into the workplace. They're super, um, up to up for hearing my ideas and working with me and, and respecting me and giving Julie the respect that she deserves or helping her learn something when she needs to learn something. So having the right combination of people has, um, blossom like really made the show blossom and my renovations and my designs like what we're left with at the end it, the end result is because of the people that put their energy and time into being invested in the project and caring about it and working collaboratively together so mm -hmm. like I have a, I have a poster in my kitchen that says please be responsible for the energy that you bring into the space and I think everybody that worked with me on the season was really, really in tune with bringing good energy in. And before I even started the renovation on this house, I invited my parents, my uncle Bruce, my family over, um, some of my friends from church over. And we, we, um, we circled up on my deck and we prayed over the house that it would be a blessing to everybody that walked in, everybody that worked in this space, um, that it would be about more than just a renovation, but we would be we would be improving the lives of every person that came on set or on, in the house and that my house would be a, a gift and a blessing and that I would be able to give back because of the space and because of what I've been able to build. So having the right intention and like really being purposeful about what we're trying to create um, gave, I think, just the whole team um, a real collaborative feel. And that just makes right. a better team show i mean when you get down to it like yeah, i guess like the end result is it benefited everybody yeah that's that's so cool um great and i love that uh, the intentionality and the energy and and all of that like it's so important to and, and like speaking these things into existence too like 
Uh, one thing that I know has popped up in the past season is you told your dad you didn't necessarily want him uh, there for certain things because you wanted the the uh, tradespeople to take you seriously as as the contractor. <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, I it's it's still a struggle where if people show up to my house to do something for me, like if they're coming in for just a day that they will go and they will talk to Stefan instead of me. And I'm, or, and I'm like, or my dad, if my dad was there, they would go talk to my dad. Like they don't think that I'm the one making the decisions. And I just have to be like, like people need to come and talk to me. And I'm sure they want to go and talk to you because they're going to get the answer that they want out of you, or they don't want to talk to me because they're scared of what I might say. But in the end, I'm the one that needs to make all the decisions and I need to know what the schedule is, what the timeline is, what they're doing here. And if there's something left over to be done, you know, the issue with Stefan and with Julie and with everybody that's working here every day that they often will say to people, oh, that's okay. You don't, you know, I'll finish that for you. And they kind of let them leave or they let them off the hook. And I was like, you cannot let these guys off the hook. They have to finish the job that I paid them to do, or I'm paying you to do that job too. So now I'm paying for that job twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You got to watch out for that stuff, especially, you know, as a woman that's not like is kind of green, people are going to look for the opportunity to get off easy or to not do the work or to, go home early or whatever it is. So it does make a big difference when you are here. Like when you're the project manager, you have to be, or the contractor, you, you have to be around. You have to know what's happening every day on your job site. Absolutely. Uh, and I picked up on some, you know, me, I've, I've had a little bit of experience with some of this stuff. So um, as a man, I often get the stuff addressed to me and I don't, I, I, didn't grow up in a household where my dad was handy or my mom was DIY. Like they were always like, Oh, something broke. Let's call a plumber. Let's call whoever mm -hmm. to fix it. So I grew up not really knowing how to do a whole lot. I learned some stuff from my grandfather, but that's pretty much it. So like when they start talking to me about all this, like builder stuff, it's like, I'm learning on the fly. And you know, it's like they don't necessarily realize, oh, it's my wife that's also making decisions. So it's like you should talk to both of us, not just talk at me. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, like, I find that um, you're right. Like, when they realize I don't know stuff, like, it was one thing that happened in the show where they were kind of like, I'm not, we can't do X, Y, Z. And you were like, yeah, you can. Uh, I just want you to like try and you were like encouraging them to be creative, think outside the box. Because I find like sometimes they, they're trying to get things done the fastest they can and get it like, so they can go to the next job or whatever the case may be. But like, you, you want, it, it's, it's okay to bring some creativity into the, the process mm -hmm. and it's some unknown. Yeah. yeah, there's a well, there's a couple things there, right? Like nobody cares like you care about your house same yeah. thing about art um they don't care they just want they they <laughs> want to go home they want yeah. their job to be done so when you ask somebody like oh well what would you do here or like how how can we do this better or you give them a little bit of create creative empowerment then maybe they will like be like oh okay, sure. Like, I guess this is how I might do it. And so there is a little bit of, like you can empower people, even the ones that just show up for the day to, um, to, 
be creative and help you. Um, but also a lot of the times I bring Julian on those conversations. If somebody's trying to tell me that it can't be done or we need this tool or X, Y, and Z, or it's not going to happen today. I usually get Julie there because <laughs> like literally Julie went and, and rented a concrete saw the day they were installing my front door so that they wouldn't walk away. I was like, nobody go anywhere. Stay here. We'll get the door in. Julie's going to go rent a concrete saw. She'll cut. She'll, we'll cut the brick. We'll make it fit. And um, yeah, like over the years, learning terminology, being able to identify issues or even like have a bit of lingo in your back pocket has been really helpful because like, like you were saying, if, uh, you know, I don't know much about electrical or plumbing or stuff, but if I know a few words that tell them that maybe I'm not completely, you know, in the dark, um, I can at least get them to maybe be a little bit more flexible, work with me a bit more, or hopefully not take advantage of me because I have a bit of that like street sense or something when it comes to <laughs> trade terms. Right, right, right. Cool. So um, Lenin, Lenin uh, has a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs> what does Lenin think of all of this uh, TV stuff? Um, well, you know, she's temperamental. Like she, one day she's into it, one day she's not into it. So it's, <laughs> it can be a challenge for sure. Um, she did not want to move from her last house. She was really happy in her last house. So she was nervous about this house when she walked around the, the first day you know, she didn't like it. She wanted to stay at her old place. So, um, but I got a lot of peace and reassurance from her when the house was all done and we were just having a nice night in together on the couch, watching something cuddling. And she looked around and she said, mom, this is a really good house. And then I said, oh, that's so nice, sweetie. She goes, it's amazing, really. And that genuine compliment from her, knowing that she was so sincere and that there was just nothing funny about it, made me feel so good about the choices that we I made and where we are today. Um, and she partic she'll participate on camera now. You know, she, it's a little bit on her terms. Like she doesn't want to do it if I ask her. Um, there might be a little negotiation in there, like for some TV time or some iPad time or some money. <laughs> She won't even take the coins anymore. She says, I want the paper money. <laughs> She's a negotiator just like her mom. <laughs> Definitely negotiates a lot. So, yeah, I'd say she's she's on board with it. You know, mm. she wanted to know why she went to a piano teachers the other day and she had a, the teacher had a plaque on her wall for having 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. And she said, Mom, why don't we have one of those plaques? <laughs> you don't have that many subscribers <laughs> yeah someday maybe mm -hmm. <laughs> cool um so uh what should people look forward to in this season of uh the show there's just so much renovation meat to this season because mm -hmm. we go through the buying process, through demolition, which was extensive. We had to trench through the floors to put new plumbing. I had to completely redesign the entire layout of the floor of the, the house. And then we had to do structural beams and walls and, and, and 
like all of that stuff is just really juicy reno stuff that you don't often see. It gets skipped over a lot in the TV shows. So, you know, I, I try to take a beat at every point in a renovation that's important for people to know about or have that. So I feel like watching the first three episodes that are all about the demo and the planning and the structural stuff will give people a lot of knowledge to have in their back pocket. And then when we get into episodes four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it's all design stuff. So we do the dining room table and the fireplace design and the floor to ceiling glass wall and the barn door and the bathrooms and really creative tile work and color selection and just so wallpapering, so much wallpapering. So there is just a lot of juicy reno tips, tricks and hacks throughout the season. Um, And I think like the designs are enjoyable. It's fun to watch color. It's fun to watch the drama. It's fun to watch people struggle. It's fun to see things that aren't perfect. So I think people will really enjoy the season of the show. Um, from start to finish. And I hope people will watch, watch it all and that people will get a lot out of it and ask me questions on social media and reach out to me and talk to me, um, comment on my stuff. And, and if you have questions, like I'm, I'm always there. So, um, yeah, I think that this is an exciting season. I think people will get a lot out of it. What did you get out of it? Did you watch it all? I did. Uh, so, I love, well, in general, I love when you, you add little customizations to like store-bought things to just mm-hmm. make it look unique. Like, so you, there was an issue with the, there was a point when I remember I was getting my house, it was like the stainless steel appliances were, were the thing. Like they were like, everyone wanted stainless steel. And now we're at a point where the stainless steel is like, it's everywhere. So you had a hard time getting a white fridge so Mm -hmm. that I love that uh little hack you you came up with to to get around that and um Mm -hmm. it really kind of made me rethink those sort of things like ah and and how you got it done like oh car deeds okay thinking (laughs) about people that do things that may not be like the thing that comes to automatically to mind and you know even like taking mirrors and get, bringing them to glass cutters and getting them yeah. cut, um, that like it turns like if, if I'm looking for a specific shape and I can't find the shape or sometimes like you see things that you want or you have a vision and you can't get it. Or in my case, I just wanted the arch to mimic the same arches that I did in the hallway. And that was, so that was just like 50 bucks, you know, to get the mirror cut. So there, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of times where we uh, like, I put some creative thought in, into yeah how to customize it how to make it my own how to do something unique and I also have and Julie loves to do that stuff too like Julie loves to uh, a problem to solve like she gets excited about that whereas other people will be walking off the job set or frustrated right. like gives her like the juice juice in her engine like I bought Lennon a bunny for her birthday and the bunny keeps escaping and going under the deck and so you have to like crawl like army crawl under the deck to get this bunny and Julie lights up when she has to go under the deck to get the bunny it's like oh an adventure I'm here for it I'm game so that's you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's fun <laughs> that okay so a couple of things too that the shower head was amazing I was like whoa that is <laughs> that was a, that's I've never seen a shower head like that 
Um, yeah, even the plumber was blown away by the shower head. He said, I thought that was a light fixture. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's a sculpture. <Yeah. laughs> and um that song like that the room where the hot tub is, is in. Uh I was like, that seems like the like and, and the the timeline of the house being built, I was like, that looks like a swinger pad. Like I, that's the the first thing that came to mind. I was like, man, it, it feels like some debauchery went on in that room in the previous. Well, I think it was. In, I think that they were quite health centered. The people that lived here before, they're a Chinese family, and they had an a massive. Oh, okay. They had so many eggplants and like so many tomatoes, and and then they had the spa room, which was the solarium, which I turned into my bedroom. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was like an in-floor jacuzzi there. So they must've been really into like, <laughs> like spa relaxation, healthy eating, you know, that oh, kind really. of stuff. So, <laughs> but uh, maybe eventually I'll have a hot tub outside on the deck, but the space yeah. there just seemed to make more sense to me to make another bedroom out of it and not, you know, and not have a solarium. Cause before mm-hmm. you had a walk, you, you know, there was just so many hallways and there was only two bedrooms and the kitchen was in a galley. there was no, you know, the view was not being maximized. Like there was just a lot of issues. And I think that's why so many people saw the house and didn't want to buy it. And it was sat in the market for over 200 days. So, you know, in the end I lucked out because I'm staring at the ocean right now from where I'm sitting here. um, And I'm in a beautiful spot and I have, it's, I'm perched up on a hill and it's, it's wonderful, but everybody else that came to see the property didn't see the potential and they didn't, or they didn't want to do the work or they didn't know how to do the work. I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed by decisions. Like I was talking to somebody just yesterday who said, I hate renovations. There's so many decisions and I can't, I don't like that. And, and Mm -hmm. so I've learned to really trust my instincts and go with my gut instinct on stuff and pick things that I like and just like figure out how to put them together. And, um, and, you know, and I make, and I often make decisions very quickly, like in terms of working with the contractors or, or not I'm the contractor, but like in terms of working with carpenters or with Julie, like they'll ask, like, should we do this or this? And I'm like, well, which one's cheaper or which one makes more sense or which one happens faster or which one's easier? Let's do that. And, um, so, you know, I've, I think like I've become very decisive and really good at making decisions and which makes it easier to like get these renovations done in a quick amount of time. Right money (laughs) absolutely actually that garden was i was blown away because i'm trying to do my little gardening too and i was like what like you you got like your own farm like (laughs) i know and now we've got bunnies and i'm getting chickens and then and we're working on the greenhouse and we're like the next season actually is already starting and we're we're working on um like transforming the outside space on this season so it's gonna be quite um it's gonna be a little my my little inner city farm <laughs> yeah yeah are the, is that um your earrings are kind of looking like the light fixture is that intentional oh no they're just cop i think they're banged cop they're copper wires that were um salvaged from a uh like this community um place in in sydney nova scotia where they turned it into a farmer's market yeah. and the wires they took out from the electrical this guy made jewelry out of it nice. so i saw these at the market in sydney and i like them and and yeah they are kind of that similar shape <laughs> yeah okay and was <laughs> real drama when um is that the fan he was like threatening to walk off set 
he was was he really like gonna leave? Yeah. He he said he was gonna quit. And I was like, What? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? You can't quit. He was like, You want this to be done too fast and I, I don't work that fast and you know, he is quite slow. He's very methodical and very slow about all of his decisions. I guess that's the price you pay for not having any toxic masculinity. Sometimes you get some snit, some snail pace moving guys. <laughs> um, but he's a gentle soul and he didn't want to leave me stranded. And I had to convince him a little bit like that it's okay if it takes longer than what I said it's going to take. Like, let's just keep moving. If you walk off now, I'm really screwed. So please stay. <laughs> So, yeah, no, he was going to quit. Um, and I had to use my powers of persuasion to keep him on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a great show. Um, the, in the evolution, too, you're like, oh, the first season, I was like making decisions based on a man. And then this year, like, it's all about me. Like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on my own. I you know, there's every I think that every stage of your life, like you need to find the things to be grateful for. And in this moment where I'm single, um, I am often um remind myself like that there's great things that come out of singleness. I can make all of my own decisions. I don't have to bounce things off of somebody else. It means that I can move fast. And there's an African proverb that I really love. It's called, it, it, they say in the proverb, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. And I used to feel like, oh, well, that's why I've gone fast my whole life is because I'm alone. And at this point I want to slow down and I want to go with somebody else. But, you know, I, I'll, I have to come back to the gifts that I've been given in this moment. And I've been given the gift of singleness for a reason. So while I'm single, I'm going to go fast. I'm going to make decisions quickly. I'm going to make decisions that make me happy, that bring joy into my life. And if that's a pink door, then so be it. There will be more pink doors. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe down the road, I, I'll be in a relationship and I'll, I'll, you know, have to compromise and I'll, I'll, you know, and I look forward to that stage of my life as well. But, you know, I'm grateful for this moment in my life where I get to, um, make quick decisions on my own. And that's just, you know, you got to be, you got to use what God has given you in this moment to, and do what you can with it. And oh, sorry. Okay. And, and if you are, um, you know, if you do a lot with the talents and the gifts that you're given, then you'll be given more. Um, you know, I like to think of that parable of the talents when, when, you know, Jesus talked about that the master gave five talents to one man and and two talents to another and one to an, another man. And and the man with five talents went and invested it and he doubled it into 10 talents. And the man with two talents went out and invested it and grew the money for the master and came back with four talents. And the one that was given one talent went out and hid that talent and buried it in the field because he was afraid that he'd lose lose it and and so when they brought them back to the talents back to the master the master said to you know the the servant said i was scared because you're a harsh master that if i lost your money you'd be upset with me but he basically said you're lazy and and wicked because you didn't do anything with the talent i gave you and to the ones that did a lot with their talents they were given more so you know i think of like um, uh, you know, I try to practice gratitude every day and, and think about the things that I'm grateful for. 
and, and, um, how I can grow my talents, my abilities and, um, and do things for the, that will, that will bless and enhance the kingdom of God, because in that way I will be given more things hopefully. And more, and, and the same, it's the same thing with money. Like the same way I look at money, that money needs to flow. It should, it, it does it, it, when you try to hold on to it too tightly, then it becomes stagnant or it just, seems to like go out of your hands. But if you're letting money flow in and out of you, then it will keep flowing. And as soon as we hold on to it too tight is when, when, when we don't have enough. So I like to, I try to be generous with my money. I try to be generous with um, my home and the things that I've been given. And I feel like whenever I keep that kind of mindset, the, that, um, somehow I'm always taken care of and things work out and I might get to the very last dollar of my bank account, but then something miraculously comes. Like I get a contract or I get a sponsor or I get uh, like somebody finally pays me for something that they owed me money for. So, you know, like in that way, I just, I just feel like, um, just be grateful for what you have and, and don't be looking at what other people have. Don't be, thinking about needing more because you want to compete with the people that live next door to you. Just focus on everything in your life that you've already been given and more blessing will come. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. Um, so you're, you're inspirational to me as a, as a dude, I'm sure like you're, you're going to be, you are inspirational to lots of women and, and girls who are trying to like, just be out there doing their thing. And so I appreciate the work that you're doing and, and that you're, you're um, advocating for what you're advocating. It's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just Thank wrapping you, up. Mm-hmm. And no problem. Um, what is like one big, other, okay. So a couple of things, <laughs> building um, like con- contracting versus TV, which do you like, Um, mm, I I mean, I love being a performer. I like being on camera. I like using my gifts of, um, expression. So whether or not that is decorating a space or being on camera, um, you know, I love them both. They go hand in hand. I don't necessarily love contracting and all that stuff. Like that's just a means to an end for me. Um, but everything that I've learned up to now has led me to this point in my life. Everything I've experienced has led me to this place now. And so the next big thing for me is going, I want to start getting into affordable housing for single mothers and give other single mothers the opportunities that I've been given because I've been blessed and because I've had, you know, been fortunate in my family situation and my circumstances in life, even though I have suffered, I've had help, help when I've suffered. Mm-hmm. So I want to help other women who maybe are going through the things that I ex- experienced in my life to come out the other side of that. I want to give them opportunity to have purpose and growth and community and support. So I want to create a new a new model for affordable housing. And it's going to be focused on um, on the needs of women and community and um, co-op cooperative living, um, you know, the matriarch, (laughs) all those things. And so, you know, my goal would be to take my knowledge as a contractor to build something where the women and children can live 
safely. Um, and also my abilities to decorate and, um, and make spaces beautiful to create a home and atmosphere that is unique and, and reflects the people that are living there. Um, but then use my ability to be on camera and to be on TV and to be, you know, in front of people and perform as to be a spokesperson to, you know, raise the funds that we need to do this project. So yeah, I'm like, everything for me is just like, how can I, I would never be happy with just one thing. I need to have my fingers in all kinds of pies. I need to be expressing myself in many different ways. So, um, you know, I look forward to continually moving forward in a way that I have, I'm able to express myself in every way and to use that to create uh, a world that is better for many people, for more than just me. <laughs> relatable, relatable. Um, if there's any last question, promise. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's any piece of advice you would give, um, I know it's hard to because you, you're you're like a powerhouse. So I would say any woman in creative entrepreneurship or business or whatever, what would that be? Um. You are you for a reason. Nobody does you like you do. Don't try to mimic somebody else. Don't waste your time being jealous about the successes or what other people have gotten. If it didn't, if if you wanted something, then wish for it, want it, but don't hold it too tight. Because if it didn't happen, it wasn't meant to be, and there's something else that's going to be better for you. So um finding your authenticity, finding your true self, being able to be vulnerable, being able to um, expose yourself to people will make you connect with other people. will give you the opportunities through that connection to make your dreams happen. And then when the opportunity comes, don't wait on it, leap, jump, do it with all your heart and do it in your way. And more of those opportunities will come to you. That would be mine. Sweet. So how can people watch uh, season four? So season four is available as of today on Bell TV On Demand. Um, That's the only place where you can watch the entire season back to back at the moment. Um, But uh, it will be distributed on other platforms soon. So stay tuned for that information and shorter um, teasers and small projects from the season will be available on my YouTube channel and on my social media accounts. I share a ton of my stuff on Instagram at DIYmom.ca. So there's lots of opportunity to see what I'm doing, even if you can't watch the show. But I do encourage everybody to watch the show because it gives you such a deeper look into all the struggles and everything that goes into making a beautiful photo for Instagram. So yeah, hope people tune in, hope people enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and I hope it inspires people to pick up a power tool and do it themselves. All right. Yes. And um, yes, please follow uh, on Instagram. Great photos. And seeing the, seeing the behind the scenes behind it for the show is powerful. So, and yes, shout out to Ziggy, actually. Um, <laughs> yes, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I have to shout out people's dogs every time. Uh, so. <laughs> you have a dog? I do. Uh, a Labradoodle, yeah. Oh, nice. He's uh he's, he's my guy. So uh, uh you know gotta gotta shout yeah. out. <laughs> oh, love the dogs. I could have I'm gonna be one of those people that has five dogs, chickens, bunnies, and horses, 
and lives on a farm eventually. I know it, even though I'm such a city girl at heart, it seems to be continually going in that direction. <laughs> you know what, though? I always thought of myself as a city person, too. I grew up in Bermuda, which is not city, but like, yeah. At the same time, I like, I live on Timberley, so I'm kind of in the woods a little bit. So, and I like, I like having trees around me and stuff. So it's, it's weird, but I, I like the city, but I also like the woods. So being connected to nature, there's nothing like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, And all the best with Art Pays Me and everything that you do. Wishing you lots of success and many blessings and and keep spreading the love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at ArtPaysMe on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.